live for the 127th episode of the Bronx Farmer Battle Podcast. I am your host, Matt Luzbaligi, and tonight it's Andrew and it's G. How are we doing, guys? What's going on, man? Hey. Well, we are recording this at about just before midnight Eastern, and you know, Aaron Judge stuck at 60 home runs, right? One shot. What a uh, bum. Right, what a, I mean, you know, this guy wants to get paid the big bucks. He can't hit the home run at Yankee Stadium in front of all the fans. Uh, obviously, they did call the game after six innings tonight, uh, two nothing Yankees victory, virtually taking it in a bat away from Judge. But, I mean, based on the forecast, it literally looked like it was going to rain throughout the entire night, so I really can't blame them. But, yeah, here we are. Um, look, there's still a dozen games left. He's gonna get it right i don't, I don't want to say you know knocking on wood right now i'm not trying to curse him but i do think like i think they were talking about this on the the k-rod broadcast like he's definitely feeling the pressure a bit you know it's kind of like they used the example of jeter uh he never admitted he was nervous about 3000 until after then he was like oh yeah i was nervous as shit about that <laughs> like the whole time but it was that i mean and here's the thing with judge it's not like he's just in a major slump if he was in a major slump i would you know you'd you definitely would say, all right, he was he's nervous as hell, but he's still hitting, right? How many – I feel like every other game he leads off with, like, a double down the line. So, he's still hitting. Obviously, a lot of those games wasn't getting a lot of pitches, but, yeah, he judge does not get number 61 at, uh, at Yankee Stadium. And, look, there's only three games left at Yankee Stadium, right, this coming weekend series against the Oreos. So, we'll see. But, guys, more, I mean, the judge, the judge news is awesome, obviously, but – the Yankees have won seven in a row. And dare I say, catching fire at the right time? Look, me and G were kind of hesitant to admit that uh, when we recorded a little over a week ago. And then they promptly went out and lost first two games of the series to the Milwaukee Brewers, who are on the outskirts of the NL wildcard. They're, they're a decent team, but those were two pretty winnable games. Uh, particularly the the Friday night game when they had like what was it a five nothing lead and they blew that. Um, so I, I, I'm hesitant still to say that they're hashtag back, but yeah, they're they're definitely playing well at the right time. I was listening to the radio yesterday and Sweeney Murdy was talking about like how well they're playing right now, and I kind of had to you know just just a really a sobering moment and be like, are, are they really though? Because like Garrett Cole gave up the lead on Friday and, and they, they didn't really score much outside of a Trevino go ahead single. Uh, they had bullpen issues on Saturday. They didn't look great against Pittsburgh. They needed five runs in the ninth inning to win that game. So like, yeah, they're winning games and that's all well and good, but I still kind of want to have a moment of clarity and, and have some perspective and say like, it's good that they're winning and that's encouraging, but there's still some fine tuning to be had. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the way to put it. Um, I think in terms of, well, I don't know. I think it, especially one thing that we've noted over the last little while, Yankees seem to be settling on an everyday lineup, which I'm a fan of, um, based on what they have available. And, you know, we've been talking for a few weeks now about, like, is – you know, Ben Intendi someday going to be available. Is um, Matt Carpenter going to, you know, come back into the mix? 
Um, maybe. Who knows? You know, Luis Severino just came back. That was pretty exciting. He pitched really well in his first game back. Um, but I think based on what they have available, they're settling into kind of a groove with um, you know, and Harrison Bader also playing. Um, so, you know, they had some guys come back already. They might have more guys come back. But otherwise, I think with what they have, they're settling into kind of an everyday groove. And regardless of Garrett Cole's weirdness or, you know, other maybe mildly concerning things that go on, I think they are – it's good. You know, you can't say they're losing or whatever. They're winning and they're playing well. And, and the right in the shadow of the playoffs, that is good. Objectively true statement. And, and gee, like I do want to give a shout-out to you. Uh, last week – I kind of didn't, you said something, I kind of let it go. I didn't, I didn't really undermine what you said, but I wasn't sure I was fully on board, but fast forward seven, eight, nine days. And what you said was pretty spot on. You were kind of gassing up Oswaldo Cabrera for like how he needs to be in the everyday lineup, strictly on the basis of how well he plays in the outfield, because in such a short window, he has, what is it like five, six, Defensive run saved, maybe more. At this no, point it's already. like it's um, like ten plus. I think, I think, yeah. I think he has like six outfield assists and like. Right, right. So, so like that. That aside, we talked about last week how it's good that the Yankees have a bunch of Gold Glove, quote unquote Gold Glove, because you're throwing guys like IKF in there too. Who should be an art, but like you, you have a good number of Gold Glove players, but who the hell's gonna hit? And Cabrera bought the bat this week. He had a grand slam. He had a two run home run against. Uh, I forget who was pitching uh, on, what was it, Friday or Saturday uh, against Boston. And then he had a nice uh, leadoff double that drove in the first of two runs uh, Sunday night. Like, he's really starting to figure it out at the plates. And if he's a dual threat, a guy who'd never really played in the outfield in the minor leagues is playing a really good outfield in the majors. And he's hitting, I think he was a cleanup hitter tonight. <laughs> like, I'm very happy with hitting sixth or seventh in a normal lineup. But, mm-hmm. uh, look, he, he's a really competent well-rounded player and i didn't give him as much credit as as you did last week so i do want to just give you credit because he, he's for real yeah his last seven days he's seven to 20 with three home runs so i mean he had a really good week um and then like you said i will just, graciously accept the credit and also she, point out that i said that he should be playing left field and this week he was playing off field yeah yeah he's he's been awesome man he really has and that's the thing because like if you would have told me he comes up and, you know, swinging the bat, well, I wouldn't be shocked. But, man, him playing the defense, he has been in the outfield. I mean, how many great throws he's made. He's guys he's cut down at the plate. I mean, the defensive front. So he's been just phenomenal. And like you said, for a guy that that's not even his main position, that's just so impressive. But, but gee, you know, you said you mentioned Seve coming back. I'm surprised you didn't mention your boy, Zach Britton, coming back and stinking up the Bronx. I mean, that was that was vintage Britain right there. I mean, that was, it was like, Hey Zach, welcome back. Get the hell out of here. It was, it was pretty qu- quite, quite right. the return. So I'm going to focus more on Severino <laughs> because, um, you know what, you know, fuck that. I'm going to do it anyway. Um, so Zach Britton throws, he's a sinker ball pitcher, right? We're all on the same page about that sinker ball pitcher. I don't know, I don't know what kind of pitcher like, he is now. I mean, it's, right, <laughs> but isn't the whole point of a sinker ball I, pitcher? I think he's just, a, he's they, just a ball thrower at this point. Yeah, but, right. Uh, isn't the point of a sinker ball pitcher that they fucking hit the ball? Like he's he. All right. Well, you know the, either either that they hit the ball on the ground, or that it looks like it's going to be knee high, and by the time they swing, the ball's in the dirt, so they don't hit it. Uh, and just, and yeah, I think part like of his problem is is that he's not fooling anyone. He's throwing balls no, he, that are very just, obviously out of the zone, and they just sit there and they just don't swing. 
Yeah. All right. You know what? He sucks. Okay. That's just that's my two cents. He sucks. Is he better than Ryan Weber? Maybe, but he's on the roster now and he sucks. So onward to the much more exciting thing, which is Luis Severino pitched five innings and looked really good. Yep. Yes, Sebi looked great. Great to have him. Hey guys, I do just want to throw out a a quick uh, tidbit right here uh, from from Jack Curry. Nestor Cortez in tonight's rain-shortened game was credited with a complete game because he threw all six innings, and the game was called after the bottom of the sixth. Oh, it's right. the first complete game of the season for the Yankees. Yep. Which is wild because we were talking about how too. great the pit. <laughs> it was, yeah. So a complete game shutout for Nestor Cortez, albeit a six-inning game, but just a little side well, note there. Well, hey, Andrew, that's a perfect transition into our next topic because <laughs> – like right now, look, the Yankees are one win away from clinching the AL East, right? They're, you know, the magic number is, I believe, two, if I'm not mistaken, because we. Yeah, it's two, but we have three games three against games Toronto. Three games against Toronto, so obviously one win. That's it. Wipes that out. Um, so yeah, the Yankees, you know, they're gonna have to be the two seed, right? They're, they're about, I believe, six games behind the Astros right now. So unless the Astros just decide to tank the rest of the season and the Yankees continue to win, the Yankees will be the two and. You know, it's time to look ahead of the postseason, right? The, with the way the, uh, you know, for people unaware, the MLB now, the new playoff format, the one and two seeds both get like a little first round bye. So, you know, the question comes, right, when whoever we play, whether it's the Mariners, whether it's the Rays, right, who's pitching game one? Now, it's really not a question. It's going to be Garrett Cole. But we here on the Bronx Bar Battle podcast and many other Yankee podcasts around the globe, we believe that it probably shouldn't be Garrett Cole. Because, I mean, look, that's right. I'm going to jump in here and just say that Andrew <laughs> gave me credit, and I'll give him credit because Andrew is puffing up the fact that Nestor should, even though I immediately yes. cold-watered him and said that that would yeah. never in a million years happen, like, and I still like don't what? think it would. But he said that it should, and Nestor, you know, did his thing tonight and pitched Look, there, six shutout. Yeah, like there's there's no doubt in my mind. There's 324 million. There's 324 million reasons why Nestor Cortez isn't starting game one, right? It's, exactly. It's very, it's very <laughs> obvious, right? It's but look at the end of the day, like you know, if you just look at the numbers, like hey man, one guy is a 2.5 ERA, one guy is a 3.5 ERA this year. That's just kind of what it comes down to, and I mean, Jesus. I'll Christ. tell you what, though, I was I was at the game Friday night, and everyone I I talked to was like, you know, what? if you throw Cole out, it's an immediate one nothing deficit, which may be a little bit of an overreaction, but like the fact that so many Yankee fans feel that way is concerning, right? Like, because it's not just me that looking at, at a guy like Garrett Cole, like, yeah, he's having a historic year. I think he has like 250 strikeouts already, but he also is getting like 31 home runs, and he's prone to these big innings, right? Like, he mm-hmm. he didn't get a, a strike call. Uh, on Friday night, which, by the way, was out of the zone. Like, he was wrong. Yeah. Anyway, and then he decided, like, I'm just going to get mad and groove 100 mile power right down the middle. Let's see if he hits it. And what do you know? Verdugo hit a three-run home run to tie the game. Like, ah, the fact that so many Yankee fans in attendance that night were like, I don't want this guy pitching the start of a playoff series because we're going to start down one nothing. Like, I had that conversation with, like, half a dozen people. Like, strangers, some people who sit behind me. Like, it's crazy. But, God, I don't, I don't want to steal all your thunder. <laughs> No, the thing that gets me about Cole is like I have never, I don't think I've ever watched a guy pitch who will just look so dominant, like 90, 95% of the game. But when like it's like, I can't tell you how many games I watch where it's like, all right, he retires eight in a row, home run, retires five in a row, walk home run. And it's just like right, like out of nowhere. Like it's like the guy just, he's like, he's addicted to giving up home runs. I mean, his home run per nine with the Yankees is like 1.4. 
With Pittsburgh five years, it was .8. With Houston, it was a flat one. Like, he just gives up so many home runs. 31 this year. He leads the league. 24 last year. Or, or Yeah, 24 last year. It, it's just unbelievable. Like you said, Andrew, the guy has 244 strikeouts. He has a 1.03 whip. Like, his numbers are really good. But, like, he just cannot stop giving up home runs. And that's very bad in the postseason because we all know the postseason, the hits usually go down, right? I mean, shit, the offense was, you know, across the MLB was historically low as it is, right? And in the postseason, it happens. And the game is very predicated offensively on the home run ball. And when you have a guy like Garrett Cole on the mound, it's, you know, facing some of these top lineups with guys that, you know, you know 25, 30 home run hitters, it's just a bad formula. Like you said, it's virtually starting down one nothing. The guys, there's like a 80, 90 percent chance the guy's gonna give up a home run in a game, right? He has like 30, pretty much 30 starts, 31 home runs. He's literally started 31 games this year and given up 31 home runs. We're like exactly. So it's right. Just imagine if like a handful of those home runs were singles or doubles. How much fucking better his look, numbers I mean, would look like? And look, I, like because I I've seen this a lot on Twitter, like about how many people will cite like Garrett Cole's postseason career numbers. And I'm like, look, man, a lot of those were Houston with like spider tack. Like, like, let's be real. You know, like a lot of like, he's, I don't think he's the same pitcher. He was in Houston, you know, and he's not like, I'm not, I'm sure he's not the only guy that's fallen. He's got a few, for a few potential reasons. Yeah. And, and look, like, it's like, look, do we like, do we need to remind everyone about the playoff game in Boston last year, how awful he was, how he got pulled in the third inning? Like, that's that was his one playoff start with us. Now, uh, like I have confidence in him that he could go out and, you know, throw a great start. But it's like it's really at this point, it's like almost tough to believe that he could go out there and not give up a home run against some of these. I, I think that's the problem, because you, you look at Cole and his his numbers against teams 500 or better are pretty good. And then you look at teams 500 or worse, and somehow they're they're worse. Now, a lot of that is weighted by the fact that he hasn't pitched well against Boston all year. But, yeah, I, I think there's a concern because, like you said, he can just look so dominant. And, and he truly looks like an ace for an extended stretch of a game, like seven, eight, nine batters in a row, like just like complete mm-hmm. stretch, like multiple innings. No one's getting on base. Like He looks untouchable. And then he'll completely melt down. And, and like – like, what about, I'm like, so I'm very much okay. Like a random solo home run in the second inning, mixed in with like seven strikeouts and dominant. Like one or two other guys get a hit the rest of the game. But when him, it's like he'll strike out seven of nine guys in a store window, and then he'll walk two guys in a row and give up a three home run in an eye blink. Like that, that is yep. so much more impactful. And I, oh, so frustrating. It, that's what I'm saying. It's it's just unbelievable. Like I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a guy who so consistently does it. And the crazy thing is, it's like look, like. I think it was the game against the Twins where he what, was it like three straight home runs. It was literally like it was just unbelievable, bro. He threw four shutout innings after that. Like you know, he literally threw the next four innings and I think retired like ten in a row. I'm like, he did the he, same thing against Seattle. He had six runs in the first yes. inning and then I think he ended that game with yeah, six I'm, innings. I think that's the game runs. I'm thinking of to be honest. But uh, dude, okay. he's done it multiple times where it's like he'll have like he'll literally you know be throwing actual batting practice for three batters and then just retire like twelve in a row. And I'm like, dude, I, I just I cannot like I cannot wrap my mind around like how, how this guy does. And you're right, man. In the postseason, like that's it's so dangerous to have a guy on the mound like that. Like Garrett, like Garrett Cole is basically just like because I'm probably using this analogy because I've just been watching football all day. 
But Garrett Cole is literally like a cornerback that just plays like, you know, balls to the wall, like literally goes for like a pick six every time. And is either going to like get an interception or it's just going to let up the touchdown. Like that's I mean, so like, he's trying to like, digs. I was going to say, you like, on digs. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you that it, it's like, it's like, so all that to say that Cole is just a fucking weird fucking I mean, guy, I mean, right? I'm With like very, the, very the, uh, you know, he got mad because they started the game like two minutes late or something. Like, it's just strange shit. And like, you know, we talked, right? He's like this very meticulous and he's a baseball nerd and talks. I'm like, that's all well and good and wonderful. But like this, like the littlest shit like that can't get you to the extent that it does. And it gets him clearly. So like, yeah, but look, you know, look, it's just, just Friday night against a team that has owned him for the last year and a half. The fact that he missed a pitch or he didn't get an ump to bail him out on the call, that was about three, four inches off the plate, right? It really wasn't that close. I know he he thought he should have gotten that. Maybe there was some inconsistencies in the zone that night. The pitch, you look at the replay, was clearly low and away off the plate. And, and then he just backed that up by giving up a three-run home run, striking out the next batter, and then immediately melting down, screaming at the umpire, and getting tossed. Like, I, there's a lot of... of, of mental worriness there like i I, i've referred him as a mental midget and maybe that's a little bit of of an overreaction but also at the same time there's he doesn't have that like there's guys like justin verlander even max scherzer like you know that when push comes to shove they kind of get their back up against the wall they could be like you know what i'm gonna slap my big dick over the rest of these guys like fuck this no one's beating me i'm gonna take care of my shit i I don't have that same feeling with garrett cole yeah like I don't know, like Scherzer, it's weird because like Scherzer is like a psycho too. Like, like I was like, I always believed in like what I was like, you know, what a lot of like great pitchers were told. A lot of like the old school great pitchers were like, when you're on the mound, like you got to have like a stone face. Like you can't like, you know, show too much emotion. Like you just got to be like cool, calm, collected like that. You know, like you can't let your emotions get the best of you. Cause really like as a pitcher, like it's so mental. Like when you're on, like like as a hitter, like you know, you, you strike out. Like hey man, you're going back to the dugout. Like you're not getting up for a few innings, right? It's like when you're a pitcher, like you get mad up there. Hey man, you're up there. Like there's no one coming out to like you know get uh, get you out, especially if it's early in the game. And Cole's got to understand that because really in a playoff game, like he has, you know, he misses it. Like if that happens, what happened, uh, you know, in his last start. Like, in a playoff game like he misses a pitch that's like you know it's like clearly outside it's close but it's outside and he like freaks out about it and let's, it's like dude you can't be doing that man and it's it's something where you you would think to yourself oh well like he wouldn't do that in the postseason well he does it in the regular season right he's done it multiple times where he's had these outbursts and then it, as a result has like you know given up a big inning or given up a big hit and it's like really man it's like dude you, you make way too much money to be letting like little shit get to you like that you know like when like the rain or like you know like he was like i forget uh, like a, something about the anthem, and he was like freaking out about like it's yeah, like that was on opening day because yeah. it, it first pitch was like I think G said it before it was like five minutes behind right. schedule. It's like all these things. It's like dude, like you sh- like like stop, man. Like you you make way too much money. You're like you're the ace of the New York Yankees. You can't be like get like letting this little shit get to you. And he does. And really, like look, we all know he's gonna start game one. Like I'm and I like here's the thing. Like I don't hate Cole. Like I like Cole. Like I mean the guy's like such a great pitcher he has dominant stuff but that's why it's so frustrating seeing him give up all these home runs because it's like dude if you cut down the home runs like you're probably like 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 if he, if this man cut down his not even in half like if he just cut down his home runs by like 
15, 20%. Like, bro, you're, you're going to like end your career with multiple Cy Youngs. But I mean, dude, the, those home runs are just your Achilles heel at this point, man. I mean, I, I will say, though, just in the interest of fairness, that like there is potential here for it to be like, you know, we just are so fed up with the home runs or whatever that you possibly get to the scenario of like you're underrating him a little bit, just a little bit. Where yeah. it's like, oh, well, if he goes out there and says, like, oh, he pitched, like, seven innings of, like, two-run ball in game one of a playoff series, and we'll all be shocked. Like, I think that's a little bit of an overreact. Like, it's, I, I just think it, it requires a little bit of context. Like, he's still really good, but he just has some yeah, weird shit that's really fucking annoying that, right. like, if he if he goes out and pitches a good playoff game, we shouldn't be shocked. Like, the idea that yeah, you know, the no, fans I... are saying, like, that there's, like, an automatic loss is kind of alarming. I, I no, get that, that, but like, like, just, he, he leads. I feel like it's, I feel like that idea is overreact, oh, maybe slightly overreacting to specific information. I think my point yeah. was like the fact that like, look, he's obviously he's a great pitcher, he's a race, but like the fact that like when he's on the mound in the postseason, like the guy could be in his like fifth start in October with like a .8 ERA. It's like, bro, he's it's like he's a ticking time bomb out there, man. At any moment, a team could just hit like three home runs and four at bats off. And, like, I don't know, there's and something about, like... that's what's concerning. When you have a great sure. pitcher on the mound, it's, like, you want there to be, like, that aura of invincibility of, like, bro, like, there, mm-hmm. like there's no way that this team could hit, like, three home runs off our guy. Like, get the fuck... But it's, like, with Cole up there... No, it, it's, exactly, it's exactly how we felt facing him in 2019. Remember, Didi mm-hmm. hit that ball with... They probably took away the juice ball and hit that ball to the wall. I think it was, like, the second or third inning, which would have been a monumental, game-changing three-run home run yep. early in the series. At home... In a 1-1 series, Didi hits three on home run against the presumptive AL Cy Young, even though they gave it to Verlander anyway. Like, holy shit, right? And the fact that it didn't happen, I think we all mm-hmm. kind of settled into the, well, that's it. Well, that was our one opportunity. We're not yep. fucking dusting this guy the rest of the day. And yep. I've never felt that. Like, the way I felt so helpless as a fan facing Cole in the playoffs, I've never felt that on the other side thinking, like, there's no chance that the opponent is doing anything with him. Like, we got this game in the bag. It's as simple as this, I think. When you, like, I've said it before. Like, in the playoffs, home runs become so much more important. Right? Like, that's Also, Andrew, the Yankees' playoff hitting was a fucking embarrassment the last, like, four years. So, that's also a factor. Jeez, you're giving me PTSD by saying that. But anyways, like, seriously, the home run ball comes. It's so important in October. And when you have a pitcher who's your ace who leads the league and giving up home runs, like how he can't feel that good about that. Like, it's like, oh, wow, our pitcher, our ace has given up more home runs than any other pitcher in all of Major League Baseball this year. Like, that that's the bottom line. Like, I know he has a 1.03 uh, whip and, like, you know, like 3.4 fit. Like, he has, like, good numbers, but, man, that home, like we said, and, dude, like how, like, how many times this year has he had to blow up out? The Twins, the Mariners, like he's had a few. And look, look, he leads he leads the majors in strikeouts, but he's also yep. allowed nine home runs in his last six starts. And I believe uh, if you backtrack it a little further, it's seven in the last three. Uh, and in each of the last three, he's also given up four earned runs. And if you go back, I think it's four of the last seven starts, he's given up four or more earned runs, which maybe if the offense shows up, you can survive four earned runs over six, seven innings. Uh, from your ace but also if he's your ace you don't want to have to overcome that that should be the one guy you're like well he's going to go out and go six shutout innings and then 
if the bullpen isn't great, we should be able to score four or five runs and have it be enough to win, right? Like, I, the fact that we're talking about overcoming Cole's not great starts, it just proves you that he's not an ace, in which why he is exact, exactly the reason why he shouldn't get game one, even though we know he will, and that's, like, not even up for debate. Yeah, like he's had like he's had three starts this year, right? Where he's allowed three or more home runs, including you know a few weeks ago against Boston. So it's and like in that Boston game, that was like that was that Boston game on the 13th. That was like the microcosm. That was like Cole in a nutshell. Like listen to this line: six innings, right? Two walks, ten strikeouts, four hits, right? Pretty good, but four runs, two walks, three home runs. It's like you go six innings, four hits, two walks, ten strikeouts. Like that sounds so great. But then it's like, oh yeah, three of the four hits were home runs. Like, how, like how- I think the walks are <laughs> as much issue. Remember, he went through that stretch. What was it in 2020, uh, or maybe it was last year, even before they cracked down on spider attack, where like he didn't give up a. I think he set the record for most consecutive innings by a starting pitcher without issuing a walk. And now it seems right. like he he walks two or three guys every time out, which two walks is not great, but it's not the end of the world either. Like Nestor walks two or three guys every time, also, but it also only gives up like two or three hits. Um, but I, just the fact that Cole went from a guy who struck out 10, walked none, every start to a guy who strikes out 8, 9, 10, but also walks two or three and also gives us two or three home runs, that's concerning. And I, I don't know how confident I feel in him until I see him take the ball in game one and just dominate an opponent. Then the next time he takes the ball, I'll be like, all right, this guy's got a swagger back. But I'm going to need to see that first outing before I – I feel good the second time around. No, I absolutely agree. And like, look, like, you know, it's I, funny that we could have start. We started this whole segment on Nestor Cortez being great, and then just did like ten solid minutes well, on why our thirty-six well, million dollar ace is not good. It's all connected, right? Like, with because obviously Nestor's the game too, sorry, but really it, it does beg the question where it's like, hey man, if we want to give ourselves, if the Yankees want to give themselves the best chance to win then Nestor Cortez should be given the most starts in a series. And, like, we know that's not going to happen, but, I mean, look, man, like, Nestor's been phenomenal this year, man. He really has. It's like, I really think there was all, like, as much as we all love Nestor, I do think that, like, all of us deep down were like, okay, like, this is this is going to end, like, eventually, right? Like, he's going to kind of come back to earth, but it's like, dude, like, he's one of the best pitchers in the American League, man, and he's been that all year. Um, but, look, I don't think, like, as much as Cole – worries us with home runs on the mound he's definitely not the biggest issue with the in terms of yankees pitching the biggest issue is the bullpen and which is very weird because you know over the last shit over the last like five ten years it's always you know obviously we don't have to go back to mo just the bullpen's always been good for the yankees in this kind of era of like post you know 2015 and on bullpen's always been one of our strengths and now you know even this year beginning of the year mid-year bullpen was looking great clay holmes was doing amazing things and now like we don't even know who the hell our closer is now i'm someone Look, who... luigi i don't want to harp on it anymore because we're going to want to just kill ourselves on this podcast but like the day literally actually within the hour of mike king going down we were like this is it like this could be yep. the moment that derails the entire season and the bullpen has never been the same since then so yep. like I, it... I know that that's not a death sentence like you should be able to overcome one injury in your bullpen, even if it is your best reliever, like the Rays have one of their top guys have Tommy John every year, and then they still find like six other guys who are awesome. But and they like then they like kill their first newborn of like an executive. Right. Get a new... <laughs> like, 
like, wow, we just this guy has a 1.2 ERA. Like I, I said this on the pod before, but like every year the Rays just come, like they'll just will be playing the Rays in July, right, mid year when you like you know when stats become significant, and they'll just trot out a guy from the bullpen. I'm like, I've never heard of this guy, and it's like, well, he has a 1.8 ERA and 60 strikeouts and 40 innings. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Like this guy literally is like 30 years old in the second year in the league, but now he's like a top five reliever. That's the Rays. But is this segment? Are we going to have to do a bullpen trust list today? Because I don't no, think there is, the, there is no bullpen. I uh, there, 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 there's no trust no list. There's, there's, there's literally no one. I don't trust any of these guys. Um, like you know, Clark. Bullpen like, antitrust list. Like, bullpen Clark, distrust list. Like, it really, it's like you you just look, you know like Wiseaga, Efros, uh, Schmidt, Renaccio. It's like all these guys have had their moments this year, but like they've all been so inconsistent. You know, and like, like <laughs> we're at the point with Chapman where there's like rumors like, will the Yankees de- possibly DFA Chapman? I'm like, no, they're, yeah, that's they're what prob- Joel Sherman probably, said. I'm like, said they're, the I'm, they're are, probably not. At least considering it, though. Yeah, I'm like, they're Joel probably said, not, but the yeah. fact that they're considering it is wild, right? Um, but well, yeah. here's the thing like, they're at a point where everyone is getting healthy, right? Efros is back, Britain is back, Miguel Castro is in theory ready to come back. They just haven't made the move because then they have to make a roster move and force him on the roster. And then also they have to figure out if they're going to put him on the playoff roster. So if they just leave him in AAA, uh, then they don't have to worry about that. Right. So like, I, I think part of the issue is that the Yankees don't have three or four designated. These are our guys and we can kind of fill the bullpen with the rest of them at, at this point in the year. And it's concerning in that, like, what do you do? Like, they had to throw Britain and Efros out there fresh off the IL on Saturday and they both didn't look great, but you need to figure out what you can get from them because Loisica is probably a guy you can trust a little bit. Um, Clay Holmes, maybe, but they're going to have to use him in a lower leverage spot for this week and see if he can get back to where he is. And maybe they throw him in the eighth, ninth inning in in October, if he just flips a switch, but like Britain, he's either going to be good enough to make the roster or they're just going to leave him off entirely. Efros probably makes it. Chapman, like you said, G, there's that article that Sherman put out that if he figures it out, I think they feel comfortable rolling him out in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning. And if not, they may just cut him and like don't even roster him the rest of the year because there's no spot for him. The bullpen is such a tricky scenario right now. And I think most annoying or whatever, and like – just the scariest thing for me is that it's like, hey, you have a lead in a playoff game, and who are you pitching the ninth inning? Clay Holmes, Clay Holmes hasn't looked good, whether it's because of injuries or whatever, hasn't looked good in like two months. Loisica looks good every now and then. Chapman is, you know, a whole thing with him. And who else? You know, Ron Marinaccio has been pretty good for a lot of this year. Does that mean he's going to like... hurt right now. You probably yeah, trust Wandy's him. hurt. Like, <clears throat> who, who, who are you pitching the ninth inning with? I honestly don't know. It changes on a daily basis, really. It's like, hey... And I've, I've, we've never had that experience in, 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 a, in a big-time yeah, postseason series. That's what I'm right? saying. Like, this is like through, a new issue. Right. Through 20... I guess 2011, probably, right? We had, we had Rivera. Rivera tore his ACL in 2012. We had... Uh, Rafael Soriano, that was Rafael awesome. Soriano. 20, yep. 2013, 2014, we missed the postseason. 2015, we had, uh, was that the year of DMC or was that 2016? I think that was, I want to say that was 15. But oh, yeah, we definitely like, had Miller. We, we had Miller, Miller for but, sure in 2015. I mean, Miller, Batances, you know, 
chat. Like, I, there's just. And then we had and DMC even, in 2016, you know, even, which we missed the play. Just like so many, like obviously Dellen was great. You know, obviously when Chad Green early days were great, we've just had like, it's not even just closer. Like we've just always had like a strong seven, eighth and ninth back end of the bullpen. And now here we are heading into the postseason, and it's like, wow, like like there's something there. It's like to, a couple of these guys, you know, are bound to get uh, get hot. But yeah, I mean, it it's almost it's almost a thing where like I I don't think they could do this, but like even putting like Domingo in the bullpen because he's been so good. But I think they need him in the rotation. Like I think they need. Well, him I, and him. and here's an idea that I I don't know if I floated it on on the last podcast or or, or just in our group chat over the past week, but with with Frankie Montas not looking good out of the rotation, I'm not ready to give up on him yet. I still think you give him the offseason to get healthy. You let him work with Matt Blake in spring training next year. He could be a viable starter for us in 2023 because we still have him under control next year. But it's clearly not working this year, and he's hurt right now. Why not just the – I think even Boone put out a quote today that, like, it's probably going to be pretty hard for him to come back in the rotation this year. So, mm-hmm. like, just 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 acknowledge the fact that He's not going to do that. But if he's right. healthy, he's got good stuff. Let him th- gas it up to, to 100 miles an hour. And why not have him out of the bullpen? Like we talk about how effective Seve was at, out of the out of the bullpen when he wasn't quite ready to come back as a starter in previous years. Like Matas, you're not committing to him as, as a full-time reliever go forward. Like 2023, he's still going to be back on the rotation. But if he's not ready to be a starter this postseason because of the injuries and just ineffectiveness, just say, you know what? Worry about one inning, yeah, and if you can give us one, one good inning. inning, two or three times a week, like that's a huge asset for our team, especially because <clears> we don't trust a bunch of other guys. And you yeah. won't need necessarily, I mean, exaggerate or you know maybe generalizing, but like you won't need five starters all throughout the playoffs. And you could use four, like if you were going to do some short rest things, you would, you know, you know you could get by with four. But like you have Garrett, you have Severino, you have Tyone, you have Cortez. That's four. You know, Tyone's all right. Like that's three pretty good ones. And then you have Domingo for at the very least, like you know, long relief. Maybe they tag him and Montas. They do that opener thing that they mentioned, right? You have Clark Schmidt who can give you length. Like you can. It's not a question of having enough length in terms of covering the innings, but I mean, they have some interesting options in terms of like deploying these guys in like actually using their skill sets effectively. Yeah. It's like I said, like it's, it's not like they, they'd have like a lot of guys to choose from. It's just not like exactly, you know, a lot of like high quality, especially in just terms of this year, but yeah, they did, they do have options. And I really do think, like you said, Andrew, you, in most years I would be like, nah, screw, screw that monster's idea. But it may take some sort of an idea like that to kind of, you know, conjure up a good bullpen, a good formula for, you know, winning games in October. Because really, it's 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 never a good thing when here we are, like, you know, two basically two weeks from the start of the postseason, and like if someone asks you right now, like, all right, who's the Yankees seven, eighth, and ninth inning guy? You have no idea what to say. You'd be like, uh, well, uh, like, you know, Marinacci has been good. Uh, like sometimes it's Efros, sometimes it's Eliza. Like it's, it's just been like kind of bullpen by committee lately. And like we've said, we are not used to that as Yankee fans. Like maybe other teams have dealt with that in the past where like, you know, three or four guys have all have like 15 saves each, but you know, with the Yankees, it's always been, there's been a seventh inning guy, an eighth inning guy, a closer. Like it's, it's, it's very odd. It's very odd. Um, 
guys, someone we since we last potted who's recently made their Yankees debut, Harrison Bader. And I, I Andrew, I know you have just like he's just such an amazing outfielder to watch. Like he's just like his placement. I love how he gets behind like every ball. I've been, you know, he's been he's been hitting the ball well too. So can I say the thing that Andrew hates oh, when I say? Go, G, say the thing Andrew hates. You Andrew, you want you want a <laughs> Harrison Bader fun and good? <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! I knew that's exactly like, like yeah, I, I thought you were gonna say exactly say, what you were gonna say. <laughs> I thought yeah, you were gonna say Harrison ba- Harrison Bader better than Aaron Hicks. Um, I but, mean, it's like well, saying, it's really uh, a low bar for that one. Yeah, okay. right. I was about to say. Harrison Bader better than the worst outfielder on the team. <laughs> like, great. <laughs> it's like, well, we got there, but no, really, like he's he's been really good, man. He, he really had like, it really is just so nice to have a guy who like, really, he's it's not like he's just a, like oh he's got like sometimes you say he's just a good outfielder. He's a great. Outfielder. Can we talk? As I interrupt Luigi for like the 50th time, can we talk about how absolutely hilariously elite the Yankees outfield defense could potentially be? Like, Gator, Judge, and Cabrera, like those are all three guys that played great outfield this year. Well, and that's exactly why we were willing to trade a guy like Jordan Montgomery, which look, I know there's been so much said about how good he looks in, in St. Louis, but if we take out his few starts against the Chicago Cubs, who suck, he's been pretty mid. And and look, if there's a starter that the the Cardinals went out and got who's elite for them, it's Jose Quintana. But like I know that doesn't fit the narrative of of the Yankees, right? Because the Pirates traded him and they're already out of it. But like, look, the Jordan Montgomery, we saw what he was. I think he gave up. I think a combined. Uh, correct me if I'm if I'm misquoting this, but I think it was 11 runs in his last two starts for the Yankees over like seven or eight innings pitched. Like clearly, he didn't have a role on our postseason roster. Or at least not getting a start, right? But then why would you roster him at all if he's not going to come out of the bullpen? So, look, if he's not going to be a guy who makes the postseason roster, what value do you have? You might as well go out and get a guy who can run the bases, who can play elite center field, and is an offensive upgrade over the guy we had playing most days of the week in either Gallo, who we traded away, or Aaron Hicks. So I love Bader, and just the fact that he's marginal upgrade in all segments of things that we were lacking in the outfield but also he's a fun kid local kid grew up rooting for the yankees uh, i think he's from bronxville which is like 10 miles from yankee stadium uh like he's just fun he made an awesome play in center field on saturday afternoon to save clark schmidt i think was pitching save him uh one or two in runs but look just a fun kid and i think we have gotten to a point where even seeing him play for a week that whole was the Montgomery trade worth it? That debate's done. Yeah, it was It was looking pretty bleak for a bit, where it was like, damn, we really traded for a guy in a boot. And he even said that, like, damn, they're probably thinking, like, wow, we traded for a guy who <laughs> can't even play. But, yeah, man, this is this is what they traded for, a guy who's an A-plus outfielder and can swing the bat, too. So, But he is a gator, so I, I can't really like him too much. But, you know, that's whatever. Um, guys, uh, anything else? Uh to discuss or talk about before we uh, kind of just look ahead to the rest of the season. Well, I, I think that's um, it. Like, all there is left to do is to look ahead um, yeah. because I can, like, I can segue us into looking at the rest of the season. There we go. Um, go for it. G. So we already talked about Frankie Montes and Aaron Boone said today, he said a lot of things today. Um, that Frankie Montes likely wouldn't be beyond 40 pitches by the first round of the playoffs. Um, so that's, you know, whatever, an inning or 
two or three innings. Like uh, DJ LeMahieu is, and again, boon words and phrasing. He's possible for the Toronto series. Um, and they also said Carpenter. I think Cashman said that maybe somewhat surprisingly that Carpenter is possible for the last season series against Toronto too. So, you know, which would be bananas, but then where yeah. do you play him? Like, are you benching Stanton? Or? Yes. Yeah, I mean, at the, that point I'd be like, Hey, if you were devoting one roster spot to Hicks or Carpenter, I'd just fucking go with Carpenter. Like, I don't even care. <laughs> That's the thing though. And Andrew, you were saying this earlier, like it's kind of just comes the case where it's like, okay, like, you know, obviously DJ has been such an important part for us this year or last few years. Carpenter was awesome. In the beginning of the year, but, yeah, if these guys come back, it's like, bro, where do we put them? It's like, at, at the end of the day, like, you like you can't just, like, replace these guys with guys that have been playing and have been getting, you know, game action. You know, it's just, like, at this point, like, DJ and, like, especially Carpenter. I mean, Carpenter hasn't played in months. Like, both these guys are just cold. And really, like, DJ, the last time we saw him, just looked terrible. Like, he had, you know, what, one extra base hit in, like, a 25-game span. It's... I got, if he comes back, like I'm like, unless D, like, look, if DJ comes back in the Toronto series and he gets playing time and he looks like old DJ, then by all means, I think he should be playing. But like, look, Rizzo's at first. I, I think part of the issue with those guys is they have very limited positions in which they can play. And the guys yeah. that they would replace at those positions have been playing pretty well, right? Like, exactly. so DJ, DJ can play first base, second base, and third base. And that's pretty much it, right? So Rizzo just came back. It's been great. Glaber Torres has been one of our better hitters over yep. the last month. So he's not going anywhere. Glaber's resurgence really just throws a wrench in it because at mm-hmm. you know, the time... And then, what, and then even J- Donaldson's hitting well. So, like, are yeah. you willing to take him out? I mean, some some fans may say yes. Like, I'd rather have LeMayhu in over Donaldson and LeMayhu playing third base every day. But, like, Donaldson's still a really good defensive third baseman. And... It's a it's a good problem to have, but he's hitting really well over the last few weeks. So, yeah. I don't know. Oh. Donaldson's a weird guy where, like, he's the he's the kind of player, we've said it so many times, where if he's on any other team other than yours, you hate him. And he has a knack for showing up in big moments. I feel like even yep. if he was just mid as shit all during the regular season, you get him a couple postseason at-bats, might come up with a couple clutch hits. I, so I feel like Donaldson's the type of guy that will be hitting like 130 for a series, but will just the bot like have that big home run or that big hit that you need. But it it, it really is tough because like you said, dude, it's like this is kind look, the Yankees have finally been playing good baseball and they sh- it's like, all right, you're playing good baseball, we're you know, one seven in a row, like let's stick with this lineup, let's stick with this squad. And And so this was what was notable about this week. And maybe beyond before this week, but especially this week, because they rolled out the same lineup at least three games in a row and maybe more than that. But that was like, um, you know, the Yankees, you know, right. The Yankees. Yeah. They they literally never do that. You guys uh, posted a lineup from yesterday, guys. Uh, Big mistake. Right. But that line, I, I mean, I do like the lineup. I'm not sure I like. You know, Donaldson's a bit of a roller coaster, but either way, like but you, Judge, you're talking Judge, about Judge Rizzo, Stanton five, Cabrera, yeah, six, Judge Rizzo, Glaber, Donaldson, nine. Stanton, Oswaldo, Harrison Bader, Connor Falefa, and then catcher last, basically whoever it is, Trevino. Yeah. But I mean, I like it. It's the thing about like it's a really great defensive lineup, and when you have someone like Oswaldo Cabrera batting sixth and hitting or six or seven to hitting grand slam. Like that's just very funny, but like 
Um, I just, I mean, I said it at the time, I was like, they have done this lineup three times this week. Like, this is this is the playoff lineup, unless some other option presents itself in the case of like a returning injury or whatever. I'm not, I wouldn't really worry about it because they're coming back so close to the end of the season that like I wouldn't necessarily shoehorn one of those guys back into the lineup. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Like, it, if, if, if this is a month sooner, right? If it were in mid-August and these guys are coming back, then it's like, all right, well, they have, you know, f- over a full month of baseball to get back. But it's like, bro, we got we got 12 games left. Yeah, rather, I think less than, I think we have 10 games left now, if I'm not mistaken. Like, yeah, there's there's not a lot of time to, to get these guys back. And, yeah. and all the stuff where we were saying, like, the Yankees were, you know, they scuffled into the All-Star break and they took the whole month of August off and they were playing, like, absolute crap. And I was like, hey, well, you know what, like, you know, you want to be peaking at the right, right time. We, we, you want to yeah. be, you know, you want to be finding your groove and all that stuff. And, like, to a degree, it's true that they have. But it's like, hey, we didn't necessarily predict that they'd be doing it with, like, Oswaldo Cabrera and, right. you know, Harrison Bader and, you know, whomever, right? Like, it's just, it. They're, it's, they're not peaking, right? Like, they're playing well. They're playing better. They're playing comfortably pretty good. And in a way that we, you know, with a combination of players that we really probably didn't expect. Yeah, and it's like, look, we the last six games have been against the Pirates and Red Sox, who are both eliminated, right? Like, it's they're not good teams, but bad, you know, bad. they're bad. They're, they're, in fact, they are bad teams. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's you know, hopefully we uh, we're celebrating an AL East uh, division celebration um, tomorrow night. Because we were going to be in Toronto. And obviously, like what we started the show and what really is what's been the, like, I don't know about if you guys have felt like this. Because, look, look, the last, like, since the Yankees have had their winning streak, the, the division is locked up, right? For, for a while, for a few weeks there, it was like, uh-oh. Are, are yeah, it got down to, like, five and a half got, games. That's, I think it got to, what, four, I believe? Four I thought games. it was two and a half at one point. I think, I think it was three and a half or four. I want to say three and a half. But yeah, it, yeah. it was getting very scary, and especially I think it was like and then you kind of we like blink your eyes, and you're like, oh wow, if they sweep us, it's gonna be like one game. Wow, this was crazy. But that's all. And over. then they that's blink your eyes, over. and it's back up to um, right. We're right like back eight and a half nine. again. Yeah. So I think we're right back at nine up. You know, like I said, win tomorrow, we clinch the at least. And it it really is. I feel like almost this past week for me, like I was really like, you know, you're watching the games, and it's kind of like it's. You're really just watching individual things, like seeing how individual guys look, because really, it's like there's not much to watch, except for, of course, the Aaron Judge chase, and obviously, we're going to be watching that in Toronto, and look, I do feel like, obviously, would we rather it be at Yankee Stadium, him breaking and then ultimately passing the record? Of course, but I do think it would be cool, like, having it happen at an away park because you know all the away fans there would like really appreciate being there for the moment and everyone would give you know a round of applause and it would just be cool seeing like a visiting team like give judge his flowers like that right um but i do think like ideally like i shouldn't say i only want judge to hit like one home run in the toronto series but you know ideally like if he could hit like just one in toronto tie the record and then you know three game set last home set of the year at yankee stadium in the regular season against Baltimore, then you break the record at home. You know, nice Friday night game. We're not on Apple TV this Friday night, are we? I don't believe uh, so. <laughs> because that, that, like, that was, the, like, there was a small part of me that almost wanted him to hit it, because I'm like, oh, like, dude, 
like seeing how mad people would get if like that home run happened on Apple TV, it would just be like because if I'm not mistaken, Pujols, you know, him hitting his 699 and 700, that game was on Apple TV too. So yes. see, and this is the thing. I mean, brief note about that because I kind of do agree with like what they were saying on the Michael K show. They're like, it's Major League Baseball's fault. It's not Apple's fault. You said, oh, no, like, of course not. Like the camera I, quality I, on the not. Apple broadcast is real. Like we we maybe can comment on the commentating, which, you know, isn't great, but, like... It's not not good. (laughs) Oh, no, the the production value of of the Apple TV broadcast is incredible. It's just the play-by-play. Yeah, so what Kay was saying was, like, it's Major League Baseball's fault. You think Apple, I mean, one, Apple's... Everyone's got Apple products in some capacity, and two, the fact that Major League Baseball signed it. Apple sitting there being like, oh, we're getting some late September game against the fucking... Exactly. If you're Apple, or you're like, hey, guys, you could have a historic moment in sports broadcast on Apple TV. Give it to us. They're going to be like, fuck no. Yeah, there's no way anyone thought, like, oh, hey, Aaron Judge is going to be chasing Roger Maris on this day. They're just like, yeah, give us Yankees-Red Sox for a random late September game. It'll probably be a pretty good game, and we'll be able to hype that. And, and, and also, in defense, it's it's really like they. Well, I don't know. It's it's just you know, it 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 was it was available, right? It's you have to go somewhere where you wouldn't otherwise go, right? Apple TV is not as widely available as like a regular TV network, maybe, but like they were offering it in a way for free. You just had to like have an account to access it. Right. It, it like obviously, you know, all like the memes about like, you know, boomers trying to find the game tonight. Like <laughs> I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I I will sympathize. It's very annoying. Like Oh, it is. It is. And anything on Amazon Prime is worse because I can't ever find yes. those fucking games, but the, it's still very annoying like that Major League Baseball does this bullshit. Like, I'll, like, I'll be tr- trying to watch like the Thursday night game and you're just like you accidentally click like an Amazon ad for shopping. You're like, "No, nah, I want to watch the game." Like, you get this shit out of here." But yeah, it's it it really was. It would have been actually hilarious. Like I, I almost wish I could like ask that play by play announcer. Like, so what, did you have like a call like cooked up for Judge's home run? Because I want to hear this. Because I know it would have been the worst call in the history of calls. <laughs> At that point, we should have just been like, can someone do, you know, like they'll take like a video of a famous person or a politician or someone gives a lot of speeches and take like one word and cut it together. To make like a song or something, I'd be like, yeah. "Can we take all the years and years worth of Michael K calls and just cut it together to make like yeah, right. a cool six hundred or six, uh, sixty second or sixty first home run call?" Like, yeah, uh, it's well, like we don't have to worry about that the Apple TV conundrum. Um, but yeah, it's the Yankees Blue Jays three game set, then they play the O's, and then it's a four game set against the Texas Rangers. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it. Do the Yankees end the season with a doubleheader, right? I'm pretty sure they. Yeah, there's no, definitely no, 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 the, a doubleheader the, in that series. It's the, I don't know. Okay, I, I got to check which day it it's is. It's the Tuesday. Okay, I just checked. It's the two like Monday they play it, and then Tuesday they have doubleheader, and then their last game is Wednesday. Man, that's that sucks. A doubleheader and then another. And game never. That's all only because of the of the lockout. That was should have been right. the first series of mm-hmm. the year. Yep, those like however many games that got to get rescheduled. But yeah. So, guys, any any final thoughts before we uh, wrap it up here tonight? Yeah, I, I don't know if there's anything that... 
<laughs> Look, the Red Sox at this point are pretty irrelevant. Um, but oh, fuck I, I am kind of bummed Great. that 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 Judge didn't get it done at home. Um, yeah, I'm not oh, even going to talk about how I feel about about the fans in attendance. Oh, Andrew, you I, guys I, know I, where I stand about that, but it's <laughs> about to mention that. Please do. Like, go ahead. Because, like, all you, you want to drag me. Go ahead. Look, a lot of you know people. A lot of people at the game, like any fly ball that was hit, they're like jumping. They even, I think there was like, I didn't watch the video, but I saw the headline. Like, I guess judges' parents on one of the fly balls right, like, freaked on. out at the start of it. And I'm like, look, people, you want it to happen. Like the moment you, see I will that defend fly ball, Andrew like, on this by saying that he, this is something that he's made fun of people and complained about for years. <laughs> and to be honest, I think it started. Um, Right around the time the Blue Jays started getting good, so maybe 2014, 2015, like when Batista was hitting a bunch of home runs, because their fans did it every fly ball. Because I, I think mm-hmm. his best season in Toronto, he hit what he hit 54, I think, and they thought anytime any ball was in the air, they had Batista, they had Tulowitzki, <laughs> they had Edwin Encarnacion, they all any ball in the air was going was going out of the yard, Don- and Donald's I kind of got to the point where like, yeah. do you fuckers watch like the and then, you know, obviously, I, I, I'm i at the games a bunch. You know, I have that Friday night plan. So I, I, I kinda, I, I'm I sure I did it as a kid, right? Any, any ball, any, you're jumping and screaming. But then I, I kind of got to a moment where, like, well, if I hate other fans for doing this, how can I differentiate myself? And all you got to do is watch the outfielder. Because if they're looking forward, the ball's in front of them. They know it's not leaving. If they're looking over their shoulder, they're like, well, fuck, that's gone. And then he gets up it, right? But, like, for for me, the biggest thing with Judge is that he doesn't celebrate his home runs. So it's kind of hard. But I think he mm. knows when he does hit it out. And, like, yeah. he'll kind of look at it and, like, throw the bat gently and then start yeah. running. And he'll look down in disappointment when he doesn't get it. And if you see that, like, right off the bat, like, you know he didn't get it. So anytime he hit a ball that was questionable – Judge told you before, like, if I, I get as a fan, you want the ball, like, you want to will it out of the ballpark in the air, but like, Judge already knew off the bat that it wasn't gone. So, like, that, 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 that ends the discussion right there. Let me tell you, let me tell you something, Andrew. Most of those fly balls that Judge hit this week, yeah, they, they weren't close. That Thursday night, that ball he hit, that Fox cameraman is going straight to hell because that ball, oh, the one that was caught at the track, literally looked like it was hit 700 feet. <laughs> It was just like, wow, he did it. And then just like seeing that outfielder stand at the track and just catch that ball. And then and then all the shit about like that guy's like, oh, that was the first ball that was hit like over 113 miles per hour and over 400 feet. That did it. Wasn't a home run ever. It, it was just like I, I actually that, that almost like because <laughs> really like the. Like, remember, I think it was the beginning of the year. Do you guys remember? This was one of the first games of the year. Like, Stanton hit a ball to left that literally looked like he hit it to, like, the freaking outer space. Oh, my and, God. I and then, exactly like, they just go it, down, yeah. and it's just, like, a fly. I'm like, like that. It was, it was literally like that. Like, where I literally could not believe the ball wasn't, like, you know, 50 rows deep. But, oh, my God. Yeah, that like every other fly ball like it, 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 it like I do agree with you Andrew they they weren't even like they weren't even reaching the warning track and people were like uh and I'm like dude that's the ball's like 300 feet like come on guys uh but I, I do like I did want him to get it at the Yankee Stadium but I like I I do want him just to get it cuz I do feel like the more it goes on the more it's just going to kind of weigh on him right and it's like look he just wants to get and it and this I is just wants to get it and this is like this is what my final thought was going to be that like 
You know, I mean, look, he's had an absurd season. It's one for the ages. It's 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 incredibly cool. And I think as a fan base, we need to like take a deep breath a little bit and realize that how absurd the expectation that he has kind of set for us, where it's like, hey, we're basically expecting this guy to hit a home run every like two games at least. Where like other milestone home run, like obviously, right? We had A Rod 500 and 600. It took him like a few weeks at least to get both of those home runs. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, he is not an easy run. thing to do. And we, he set this, we have this basically just expectation where it's like every at bat, right? Every once every game and a half, two games, he's going to hit a home run. Like, that is not the normal pace of home run hitting in Major League Baseball. Like, it, he, he hasn't hit a home run for what five games because he didn't hit one any of the four games this series, and then he didn't hit what the last game against Pittsburgh. And it really, it's like, damn, when's he gonna hit the next one? It's like, dude, five games isn't that long without a home run. Like, he's gone through stretches like that. Yeah, they year, were but... saying this on the broadcast actually today. They said it was like maybe 10 or 11 times this year that he went four games, at least four games without hitting one, which, like, right. you know, they play so many fucking games that, like, whatever, but still, like, um, it's not it's not normal to be like yeah hit a home run once every six at bats like that's not. But normal. doesn't he have something like, ridiculous like like twelve multi home run games? So not that they're all condensed, but if something like twenty five home runs happened over a twelve or thirteen game window, like that's that's a lot. <laughs> so it, it, it's it's hard to expect him to hit a home run every day, and I get every fan knows that he's on the cusp of it, and if he does it tonight, I get to see it, but. I don't know. I got to a point where people were so disappointed that he was walking or that he would he'd have doubled down the line. It's like, you know, he's still trying to win the triple crown, too. Right? Like, he's going to get the home run. I get you want to see it. But at the same time, like, a double is still good. We still got to win the game tonight. And he could still win the triple crown, which is another incredible achievement. So, like, root for anything positive he does at the plate. Yeah, no. And, Andrew, he has 11 multi-home run games this year, by the way. And the crazy thing is, all those 11 home, multi-home run games, two home runs. Like, he doesn't have any three home run games, you know? And, like, you that's kind of, like, one of those weird things. Like, you would think he'd have at least, like, one game where he had three home runs. But, no, just, you know, a bunch of two home run games, which is still obviously impressive. But, yeah, I mean, he's just – and even, like, look, even in this month of September, right? Like, it's like, oh, he hasn't hit one in five games. Like, he still has nine home runs for the month, which is probably – I you know, I don't have off the top of my head. It's probably either first or second in all of MLB, right? So – yeah, it really is just, I mean, like, you know, like Michael K said it. Or no, no, I think it was either Paul O'Neill or uh, Cone. But, like, you know, really it's one of those things where you have to kind of just sit back and say, man, like, this is like, this is like a season that you're not going to see again for, like, years and years. Because, like, the thing that people don't understand, like, for me, it's not even the amount of home runs, right? It's just the fact that you look at the league leaders in home runs, and there's one other guy with 40. There's one other guy with 40-plus home runs. That's it. You know, like other years, like even a lot of like those like home run years, like there'd be like, oh, a guy would have like 58, 55, but then the next guy would have like four or five less, right? No one is within 18 home runs of this guy. It's unbelievable. Like it really is unbelievable. And like, it's not like he's just hitting home runs, right? Because, you know, even like a lot of these great home run seasons, a lot of these guys, you know, are hitting in the two, like I think Maris hit like 260, like 260 or 270 in his 61 home run year. So like this guy's literally tied for the AL batting lead with Bogarts it's just it's unbelievable and yeah like it really is you just kind of <laughs> you had to kind of sit back and say like 
damn, he has he hasn't hit a home run for five games. And it like I literally said to myself, is he ever gonna do this? And I'm like, wait, dude, it's been it's been five games. Like the guy hit a home run on Tuesday, you know, like <laughs> like he's he's gonna hit another one. But yeah, like that's he's set the expectation so high that we just expect him to hit a home run basically like every other game at this point, right? Because he's done it pretty much all year. So yeah, man, it's been a special season. I don't think any of us want to talk about, you know, his pending free agency. There's just, that's like, let's worry about the postseason first and then go from there. Right. But yeah, it's a lot. It's going to be a, let's, let's just say it's going to be a very, like these next two months or like month or however long the playoff run lasts of Yankees baseball. And then into, you know, judges free agency, like these, next few months are probably going to be like the most important month in Yankees baseball, like, you know, for a while, right. Between this playoff run, between judges, judges, you know, getting judge back or not. There's a lot, a lot of, a lot of stuff's going to be determined, man. And I'm just going to say, I don't think I'm ready for it. And I don't think any of us are, you know? Uh, no. But, and, yeah. and that was what was so nice about their success earlier in the year is that it distracted you from the fact that like, Hey, eventually we're going to have to pay mm-hmm. the piper mm-hmm. and, and deal with playoff baseball, which we haven't done super great at over the last decade. Cause eventually mm-hmm. judge is going to be a free agent and, right. and who the hell knows what happens there. Like when they were winning seven out of 10 games <laughs> all the, all the time in, in May and June and early July, it was like, yeah, well, but that's it. It was, it was a nice distraction, but you're right. Like I'm not ready to deal with this because reality setting in and, Eventually, we're going to have to face it. Yeah, because remember, like, the season started, right? Like, literally, like, opening day was like, well, we didn't reach an agreement with Judge. Like, that was like, that. that's how this regular season started. So, it was like, right away. Listen, was it, was, it was so like, funny. Oh, I was talking I was talking on Friday night with, with the guys who I go to all the games with, right? And we were sitting there on opening day. We actually sat in the parking garage before Friday night's game, like, Oh, remember on opening day when we were like booing this guy because we were driving into the stadium that morning and it was like Aaron Judge right. turns down a two hundred million dollar contract. So we were like, "Oh, you greedy fuck, boo! What the fuck are you doing?" And now in hindsight, it's like, "I'm so sorry, Aaron. Oh my god, you were so right to turn down that contract, especially what you've done this year." But like in the moment, you're like, "This guy turned down thirty million dollars a year, right. hasn't won a World Series here, and it's not like the Yankees lowballed him and was like, oh, eight years, two hundred or." eight years, 25 million per, like they gave him a good deal. I think it, what was it? 213 million or something like that over seven years. Definitely. He's worth more than that. But I remember on opening day, the vibe was was so weird that Cashman came out and said the number anyway, but like the vibe was this guy really turned down this money. Like he wants to be the captain of the franchise. Uh, He hasn't really stayed healthy for more than two seasons over the five or six years he's been here. Like what's going on? What and we we were like legitimately like fake booing him on opening day, like not really, but just like ah, like fuck you for turning on the money because we wanted to go into opening day and be like, wow, this guy's locked up for seven eight years. I'm I, I'm so yeah. excited, right? Everything all lined in place, and, and and we didn't get that validation. And it's funny because we I remember saying it. I'm like, man, like this is gonna be kind of like a cloud over this team all year, and the only reason it wasn't was because he literally had this historic year. And it became like, oh, this is going to be a cloud over this team to be like, holy shit, man, this guy's going to make like a billion dollars this offseason. You know, like he like he literally just changed the narrative like that by having this historic season, man. And yeah, like, look, it's still definitely like I'm still nervous about it. Do I still think Judge will be a Yankee next year? Yeah, I do. If I had to like, you know, 
if I had to put money on it, if I had to like pick a team, I would pick that he resigns with us. But you know, a lot of what's going to happen in the next couple months is probably going to determine that, right? So it, it's definitely get ready for stress, Yankee fans. Yeah, it's definitely very nerve wracking to say the least. And but like I said, I, I I don't think we can't even worry about that right now, man. All that matters is the postseason. Like I said, hopefully. We're going to celebrate an AL East championship tomorrow. And, hey, hopefully, I think the next time, whenever Judge hits 61, we'll have a little mini. I mean, I think in typical Judge fashion, it would be so awesome if he did 61 and 62 in the same game. As much as I would love for him to, you know, break it at Yankee Stadium. Like, I I would love for him to break it at Yankee Stadium, but I also would love for him to just rack up home runs. But – at the same time, I do feel like once we wrap up the AL East and once he gets 63, I do think he's going to sit some games. Because, like, when's the last time he sat? Like, he hasn't sat in, like, over a month, right? Like, he's played. That's a good point. It's like like Boone needs to rest him right. to make sure he's healthy for the postseason. But can you imagine being someone who spent $250 on a seat to go to Toronto tomorrow or Tuesday and you show up at the ballpark and Aaron Judge isn't starting? Like right. But that's also not but, Boone's but, responsibility to those fans. But that's the thing. Like, What's, his responsibility to win the World Series, which means keeping his players like, healthy. Like so. Here's the thing. Like, what, like once he has 63, and then once it's 100% chance that the Yankees will be the two, like, there is literally, like, no point of playing, like, playing him. It's just what it oh, is. Oh, I think, I think you immediately keep the guys after fresh. they clinch, he's out. Yeah, you, you want to keep the guys fresh. You know, maybe you DH him, like, you know, there's, like, five games left. You DH him in, like, two or three of those. But, yeah, man, like, I, I was thinking that. I said, man, like, if he gets 63 and the Yankees are, like, their position's locked down, like, there's there's no point of playing him. There's no point of playing a lot of these guys, right? Like, I get you don't want to just, like, for them not to – because, remember, there's going to be a bye, too. So, like, they're already going to have, like, a slight break. So, you don't want them to be, like, seen on – if you don't play a guy the last week of the season, then that means, that means he's going to be sitting almost two, two and a half weeks. Like, you don't want that, but you're definitely not going to be playing these guys every day like you have been. Some. Like, I, I don't remember the last time Judge had a day off. And, you know, rightfully so, he's going after this record. But, yeah, he definitely could use, like, an off day or two before the uh, postseason. And so so could a lot of these guys, man. But I think that was just about to end. Gee, any final thoughts? I guess not. Is, I, no. think G, I think G fell asleep on us. Did I... I wasn't talking, I promise. I was like, I think I muted and then immediately unmuted. Whatever. Go Yankees, go Iron Judge, hit those home runs, and fuck the Red Sox. Yep, absolutely. So They're done, they're not making the playoffs, so I just have to piss on them one more time on the way out. Fuck them. Yep, rest and piss. Um, (laughs) Like I said, got a big series against the Blue Jays. Rip Bozos. As in big series, I mean big as in big Aaron Judge is going to slom his big dick all over the Blue Jays and hit three home runs off Kevin Gosman tomorrow. And we're all going to celebrate an AL East crown for the first time in a while, man. It's going to feel good, man, to win the AL East again. Like, it just hasn't happened. So, for Luigi, for Andrew, for G, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. And fuck the Red Sox.